Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. Welcome to today's broadcast. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That must have sounded as music in the ears of the listeners. To hear such words from the Savior, remember Jesus is speaking to the crowds, to the people of whom it was said, they do not know the law. And because the scribes and the Pharisees so judged them, those scribes and Pharisees really had no use for the common people. They looked down upon them. They really despised them. The scribes and the Pharisees, remember, put a lot of emphasis on the outward observances of the law on the outward purification rites, on the sorts of things people can see, like standing on the corner of the street to pray, and making sure people knew you fasted. But Jesus penetrates deeper. He talks about the heart. He says, it is the heart that matters. The scribes and Pharisees were so very sure that they were the truly religious, the truly godly people. But Jesus exposes them for the carlatans they are. Jesus says, The scribes and Pharisees are blind leaders of the blind. They lead you astray. They do not bring you to God, and they do not communicate to you the peace of God. True religion, says Jesus, is a matter of the heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What did Jesus mean? What did he say? How does the Bible use the word pure? What did the Jew hear when he heard that word? Now that, of course, depends on the context it was used. It could simply mean clean, as in a clean cup, or pure or clean water and pure bread. In each of those instances, the idea is that there was nothing that didn't belong or nothing that defiled or corrupted with the item in question. When the word was used in reference to people, it could mean one of two things. Either that person was said to be ceremonially clean, or that person was said to be morally clean, which simply meant that he was free from enslavement to sin. He did not live in sin. It could be said that he hated sin and that he ran away from it. That's the thing Jesus is talking about about that moral, that religious purity. He doesn't mean ceremonial purity as a priest needed to be ceremonially clean. Jesus talks very specifically about the pure of heart. He's not talking about what can be seen or said about a person based on outward observance. He talks about that person as he is in his heart, from which are all the issues of life. Think for a moment of the passage of Scripture in Mark 7. The scribes and Pharisees were concerned about the washing of hands before a meal. They talked about defilement if a person ate with unwashed hands. They shuddered at the thought of being so ceremonially unclean. But Jesus says, You hypocrites! All you are concerned about is what is outward, but you altogether ignore the heart. It was of you Isaiah spoke when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Do you feel the sting in those words? You can be sure that the disciples did. 
but they didn't get it. And they didn't at all understand Jesus' initial word of explanation either, where he exposed the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees. They didn't understand that those teachers of the law really rejected the commandment of the law in order to hold on to their own traditions. So Jesus explains. Look, he says, whether you eat with unclean or unclean hands, that doesn't defile you. That doesn't touch upon your hard commitment to the Lord. If you think that when you have taken care of such concerns, you have touched upon and so satisfied the heart of your relationship to God, then you miss the boat altogether. It isn't what enters a man's stomach that defiles him, but what comes from his heart is what defiles a man. Jesus spells it out in detail. For from within, he says, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a man. Such is the heart of man by nature. So defiled, so corrupt. But hear now the Savior say in his sermon, Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus is talking about people who know and who confess that the Lord sees beyond their outward behavior and their outward actions. He's talking about people who confess that the Lord sees their inmost heart and thought and about people who strive to be pure within. They pray with David, Unite my heart, O Lord, to fear thy name. They knew how easy it is to talk a pious line and to promote the rigor of devotion. But they know also that the Lord sees their heart. And they know that the Lord, who sees the heart, does not judge as a man judges. And that's why they want their heart to be in tune with the heart of God. And that is why they ask the Lord to test and to try their heart, because they know that the Lord is looking for a worship of him that is offered in truth and from a heart that is devoted to him in loving obedience. It is surely true that it is the Lord who must make our hearts pure. He must give us a pure heart. We must very consciously be concerned about purity of heart. And that's not only something the Lord gives, it's also something he demands. Paul, in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, tells us about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But he also tells us, do nothing from selfishness or conceit, and count others better than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, and whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and gracious, think about such things and do them. When you think about it for a moment, you realize that all of those things focus on the heart. They all focus on what it is that motivates us and what it is that not only sets us to action, but guides and directs the focus of our action. It can all be boiled down to a simple question. Are we, in all that we say and do, directed by the great commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself? Ask yourself, how do I act? 
at home, at school, in the workplace? How do I relate to others, friends, neighbors, church members? How do I talk? Those are all questions of the heart. No one can really see your heart. No one can really uncover your motivations except the Lord. And so we are warned. Be sure that your motivations are pure in all that you do. When you go to church and sing the songs and listen to the word, be sure that none of that is done only out of custom or superstition. And as you do your work and as you talk about it with your fellow workers or students or classmates, then remember it is the Lord who discerns your heart. He it is who knows with what purity of intention you set out, whose interest you have in mind, whose glory you seek. He knows whether you tremble in holy reverence, whether you stand in awe at the very thought that in all these things you are standing in the service of the living God. It is the Lord God who is the reward of all who seek him in purity of heart. They shall see God, said Jesus. Many have wondered about that promised reward, and many have concluded that Jesus must have been speaking of seeing God in the life hereafter. How else, they said, how else can a person see God? Well, it is true. This promised reward will be a blessed and wonderful reality in the life that is to come. But as we saw in each of the previous Beatitudes, Christ is here not only talking about the blessedness which his children will inherit in the life to come. He's talking about the blessedness which is theirs today. By faith, you will see God today. I think of the word of the psalmist. In Psalm 25, David says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. When God makes known his covenant, then he makes himself known. Then he lets us see him, his love, his grace, his compassion. And then he lets us see his ways, his leading, his directing of our life, how he feeds us and cares for us and provides for us. Then we see him, our Father and our God. And then we see his glory and his majesty. And then we praise the Lord. That is what Jesus is saying. That is his word of promise to all who are pure in heart. Then the seeing of God will be ours in perfection, when we may be with the Lord in glory forever. But we have a foretaste of that already today. And therein we may rejoice. That's our joy today. And it will be ours forever. Thank you for listening. Till next time. <music> 